Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. It's hazy in the residential center of this sleepy Midwestern town. It's October 31st for just another hour or two, and most of the kids have gone home to inventory their night's loot. There, shambling through the subdivision streets, can the masked figure of Michael Myers still be seen. Michael wanders aimlessly, pondering his next victim, wondering what new compulsions the night will deliver to him. It is then that three red dots of light can be seen lighting up his work suit as the Predator locks in on his next target. Predator has been watching Michael all night and knows that bringing in this prize will be worth much respect from his people. The alien looks down briefly to check his readings, and when he looks up, Myers is gone. Scanning the area, there are no life forms that can be seen. Feeling something unnerving behind him, the predator swivels around only to see Michael Myers standing six inches away, knife in hand. It's Haddonfield, Illinois versus Yautja Prime. It's Boogeyman versus Trophy Hunter. It's Michael Myers versus the Predator. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win? A show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Shocktober continues with another matchup that pits one of horror's most merciless murderers, Michael Myers, versus one of sci-fi's most prolific and cold-blooded killers. I'm talking, of course, about The Predator. So, of course, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test, and to no one's surprise, this matchup has been discussed somewhat. However, a real conclusive answer winner has never been determined until today. It's time for this battle of horror and sci-fi icons to get the Who Would Win treatment once and for all. Now, this is also a redemption match for both of these combatants. Both have already been on the show. Both have already lost a battle, and both (laughs) were rep by Ray Stacanus. So, Ray, with with all that being said, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? My first thought is, James, it's not Shocktober on the Who Would Win show. It's AMC Shudder Presents Shocktober on the Who Would Win show. We have a sponsor. How do you keep forgetting this? There's like a 25-minute ad that plays in the middle of each show for Shudder. By the way, if you go to Shudder.com and you go ahead and sign up for that, use promo code WWW to get 30 days free. I'm going to give them an extra one for free just because you screwed it up. Now, we're talking about the Battle of the Ages. Now, I'm surprised, honestly, that this has been talked about, except that I'm not, and I'll tell you why in my fun fact. 
connect because there are links between these two characters that exist in the world and the people in general are non-creative. So if there's already a link there, you know they're already going to be all over it. So James, I'm excited about this battle. I'm excited to get some redemption for Michael Myers because if you have not as a Who Would Win fan, or as I call them, win fans, woodworkers, Rainiacs, awkward allies, whatever the heck we're calling them these days. If you have not gone back and listened to Michael Myers versus Scooby-Doo, get your outrage machine ready to go because you will be incensed hearing that battle today. The Legion of Audience has often stated what some of their favorite episodes are and Michael Myers versus Scooby-Doo consistently ranks at the top. By the way, lots of people loved Predator versus Ray Skywalker, you know, Ray from the uh, you know Star Wars uh, uh, sequels as well. These are two iconic matchups. I'm super hyped for this because I just felt the Predator really needed to be repped in a very specific certain way. And again, putting him up against Michael Myers, you couldn't ask for a better opponent. But with all that being said, Ray, we actually have uh, some business to discuss. And it's it's not okay, too fair. good. I love business. Get me paid. It, it's the opposite of that, actually. It's something we need to do to oh. stay in business. Um, as some of you may know, we recently had a, uh, a shutdown of sorts of certain social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, what have you. The internet wasn't working well that day, whatever it was. The internet actually contacted the Who Would Win production team and said, hey, we're partly responsible due to everything that we do, you know, online with social media, our announcements, our episodes, everything, for the, the cause of the, whatever it was, the capacity being over, I don't know these technical terms. We're partly responsible for the shutdown. And the Who Would Win team said, hey, Ray, James, Ray, you got the memo. We need to each individually make an apology to the internet for causing weird. all this. Weird. It is very weird. I'm. I just go with what the bosses tell us to do. Ray, do you want to go ahead first and give an apology? Well, first off, I just want to uh, apologize to all of the internet out there. One, because Michael Myers versus Scooby Doo is still found on the feed of the Who Would Win show, and no doubt traffic to that episode is going to be going through the roof after this one. In fact, people might just be pausing this episode to go listen to the whole that one, so that way they can come back and be outraged and angered once again, and then be ready for this one. What the heck I can dream. So if I have to apologize, it's really that I. I put such tremendous content out there in the world that people need to inhale it like the air they breathe. Sorry. That's I'm that, so great. I, that is an, I guess that's an apology. Okay. Let me take a slightly different tack on behalf of the who would win team. That includes our great production staff, Ray, myself, even all of our guest judges that have come on. I'd like to say that I'm truly sorry. I'm sorry that you couldn't do better. I'm sorry that you couldn't handle what Thank we've been you. doing for years. No, no, Ray, I got this. I'm sorry that, you know, hey, I'm the internet. I can do what I want, except when who would win starts, that's my best accent, who, who would win starts doing what they do. Here's the deal. How about you do better, internet? You know, if you want to stick around, get used to who would win, kind of going to be eating up more bandwidth because that's what we do. How about this? Build back better. Do something better with what you do. And just come back stronger because we're not going anywhere. I'm sorry you're just not good enough for the Who Would Win show. There, I said it. Are Ray, we how's breaking that for up apology? with the internet, James? Is that what we're doing? We really kind of need them to do a show. Do we? Hashtag James just knows. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. I don't know. I think we're just that strong. Anyway. All right, guys. Starting from uh, this point forward, when the internet kicks us off, we're going to be doing live shows in my backyard. Me and James with megaphones <laughs> for all of Panorama City. Let's do it. Or, or we'll go to someplace better. All right. Now, speaking of better, not possible. We have we have scoured the world for a better judge, a better caliber of judge. Of course, we delivered that last week with Delvin Cox, and we're continuing 
in that tradition of insane judges making their second appearance ever on the Who Would Win show. It's former comic book retailer extraordinaire. It's the storyteller from the Paperless podcast. It's Judd Myers. Judd, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hey, thank you. I'm really glad to be back with you guys again. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, you, you did such a great job with Constantine versus Scarlet Witch. And, you know, we talked a bit before the show how that's one of our top rated episodes. People kind of lost their minds with the judging. And everyone had a side, but they loved your process that you took everyone through. We're expecting, by the way, no pressure. We're expecting an even better performance for today. Now, with that being said, you're the storyteller of the Paperless podcast. Tell the Legion of Audience, all the Hoodwin fans, what that's all about. Yeah, it's a, what we're working on it right now. The Vespucci Group is putting together this extraordinary uh, group of journalists from all over the world. And they, they, they actually take real stories, uh, gripping stories from you know every country, and then they, they actually write out long form stories. And I'm a you know I'm, I'm I'm a storyteller, so I will then they listen to our Blast Off podcast um, and the retail stories that I used to write and read, and they asked me to come and do this one. I'm working with someone uh, who is the arts and culture editor at the Independent in England. And um, we are we're doing this deep dive into some really sort of controversial topics. And I get pages and I, you know, I read them. I like it. I mean, that, that's fairly that's fairly straightforward. It's the as dream a right there. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Where can people find the, the paperless podcast? The paperless podcast is available you know, everywhere and you can find out more about the project itself by looking up the Vespucci group. But you can also go to my website, JuddMyers.com, and what I'm going to be doing, we're building, you know, building out right now, but it is uh, active, um, and we're going to be having it all on there. So you can, you know, go go through there too and find out information as it happens. So we're working on it now, and I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. All right, so that sounds fantastic. Now we also talked when we introduced you that you're a a, a former comic book retailer extraordinaire. As such. Are you, have you ever heard, are you familiar whatsoever with either Michael Michael Myers or The Predator? Well, my name is Judd Myers, uh, so I'm going to let you decide if that uh, has any connection at all to one of these characters. Uh, <laughs> but I am very, very familiar with both of these characters in every form that there is. So actually, I have high expectations of both of you. Uh-oh. So no, no pressure, guys. No, we're fine. Oh, great. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the Legion of Audience. We have two iconic characters. It's Shocktober, brought to you by Shudder, by the way. You have Ray Sicanus, you have me, you have Judd Myers. Judging this matchup, I'm ready to go. With all of that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing horror cinema, the killer who might not be a good babysitter, but he'll for sure take a stab at it, Michael Myers. And representing action cinema, the alien who might sit down for some sweet tea, but you'll never catch him. The Predator. Why sweet tea? If you if you don't know, you don't know. That's fair. All right. And knowing is half the podcast. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules for a Hoodwin match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Hoodwin match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Now, Ray, in the past you've said, hey, this version of Michael Myers might be different from this one in these films. What version of Michael Myers will we be using tonight? I'm going to be using, obviously, the, the canon version. Well, not really. It's hard because he keeps moving around and getting retconned a whole bunch. So I'm going to go with what I consider the traditional movie 
Michael Myers, and I'm not going to use this Rob Zombie, I believe, two-picture reboot that sort of reimagined the character in a different way. I'm going to stick to what I would consider classic Mike Myers, which would be Halloween, like, one, two, four, five, six. And then, even though it did get retconned out slightly, the H2O and then the big Buster Rhymes movie that everybody loves. You, you can't retcon Buster Rhymes. I believe he's uh, impervious to retconning. Oh, he's basically a, a Unicron. He is existing in all universes as himself. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I mean, we all know these things. All right, listen, there's tons of versions of the Predator. And I really had to put a lot of thought into this. So the one that I actually like the most is Predator from Dark Horse Comics from, you know, the 90s, I think until late 90s as well, early early mm -hmm. to late 90s. Lots of good stuff there. It's the Predator we all know. Just a lot of cool feats that we can pull upon. Yeah, I was thinking about the film version, but now I like the uh, comic version, which you'll find out why soon enough. All right, rule number four. Debaters may use only examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield. I'm not seeing battlefield removal. Uh, not seeing it here. Submission, I don't think either guys are going to be tapping out. This is going to be a death match, probably. All right, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store. Get your official Hoodwin t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to hoodwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new shirts and merchandise all the time. With the world getting back to face-to-face -face interaction lately, your oral hygiene is more important than it's been in a while. And Quip makes it easier than ever to get back into a daily routine. The Quip electric toothbrush is used by over 7 million people already. And it features a lightweight and sleek design without wires or bulky chargers that get in the way. And Quip now has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide you to a dentist-recommended two-minute brushing time. You can now upgrade your Quip with a new smart motor to track and improve your brushing with the free Quip app and earn amazing rewards like free refills, products, Target gift cards, and more. Quip even has you covered with available refills for mouthwash, floss, toothpaste, and even gum. In short, everything you need to build a complete routine. If you go to getquip.com slash www right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash www, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash www. Quip, the good habits company. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. 
So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Michael Myers. Michael Myers is an unkillable, psychopathic murderer with an obsession for Jamie Lee Curtis. He was created by John Carpenter and first appeared in the movie Halloween back in 1978. The Halloween franchise is one of the staples of the modern horror classics. It tells the story of a young boy who murdered his sister, sorry kids, it's Shocktober, and was sent to a mental hospital, but then broke out and continued his rampage on the holiday of Halloween. The series has been retconned and rebooted several times, but through it all is one constant. Myers is an unstoppable murder machine using his trademark kitchen knife to carve a bloody path through any Midwestern town he finds himself in. Fun fact. We all know at this point that Myers wears a spray-painted William Shatner mask, right? That's not really a fun fact anymore. So, something you may not know is Michael Myers once appeared in Call of Duty... That's right. In Call of Duty Ghosts, the famed video game franchise, one of the maps had a special care package drop or killstreak reward that would turn you into the masked maniac and let you run around the map hitting your enemies with a hatchet. But that's not all, because in that very same game, Call of Duty Ghosts, made by Infinity Ward, they had another map where a special drop would turn you into the Predator. So who knew that both of these characters would be tied together, not just by this episode of Who Would Win, but by Call of Duty Ghosts as well, and that is Michael Myers. It's all connected, man. Mm -hmm. It is all connected. Always. It's like it's like a quantum physics mechanics thing going on, I think. All right, now here are the details for The Predator. The Predator was created by Jim and John Thomas and first appeared in the film Masterpiece. Yeah, I said it. Predator back in 1987. The alien race called the Yaucha, known as the Predators, are an extraterrestrial species characterized by their hunting of other dangerous species for sport and honor, including humans. The Yaucha are a sentient humanoid race that breathe an atmosphere similar to that of Earth's, but possess a level of technological advancement far in excess of anything available to humans. Operating by a very strict warrior code, Predators like to kill the most dangerous prey they can as that advances them in their society. Capable of interstellar travel and starships, the Predators have evidently been interplanetary hunters for quite some time and have, in fact, hunted humans on Earth for at least centuries. And here's an interesting fact about the Predator series. Did you know that at one time, the official story was supposed to be that the advanced tech humans have in the Alien movie franchise, such as space travel, suspended animation, advanced weaponry, etc., was supposed to be all developed from recovered Predator technology during modern times 
when humans interacted with predators. It's true, kind of. If you go back and watch some of the Predator vs. Alien movies and play some of the games, you'll see a number of references of humans with the last name of either Yutani or Wayland somehow getting a hold of Predator technology. Why is this important? Because what's the name of the biggest corporation in the Aliens franchise that pretty much owns planets and everything else? Why it's the Wayland Utani Corporation. Mm. However, that whole I know, crazy, right? However, that whole idea was scrapped when the film Prometheus came out back in 2012 and pretty much eliminated any crossover references between the aliens and predator universes. So much for that. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Judd, do you have any questions before we get started? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm really anxious to hear uh, what you guys have to say. All right, very cool. Ray, let's get this party started. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Michael Myers. Let's just open with the fact that he is a savage killer. The Predator often tries to capture trophies, uh, at least alive to a point, so he can skin them, so he can cut pieces off of them. He's a hunter at the end of the day. But Michael Myers is a red-blooded killer. He's out for murder and nothing else. And how does he murder? What's his one preferred way of murdering? Stabbing. He loves a good old stabbing. And if you are uncomfortable with the word stab, this is probably not the battle for you because I expect to use it roughly eight million and four times before this episode is over. So Michael Myers likes to stab. He his trademark weapon is the kitchen knife, but he also uses any manner of mundane objects to kill people. You know, you got the predator out there who has to rely on very fancy alien technology and infrared scans and laser beams sighted, you know, rockets and everything and, and what uh, grenades and nets that are all from the future. Michael Myers will grab a hammer off of the counter and beat you to death with it. He doesn't need all that fancy tech because at the end of the day, tech can go wrong. At the end of the day, you could have a jam, you could have a malfunction, and the fancier the tech we saw with Facebook, when it goes down, it goes down real, real hard. You know what doesn't have a problem with that? A kitchen knife, a hammer, an axe, or Michael Myers' bare hands, which he will use to crush human beings' skulls with. Some of the things that Michael Myers does as a savage killer is his big maneuver is to grab somebody by the neck or stab them, impale them with a knife, and then lift them up off the ground with one hand, showing an enhanced supernatural level of strength because you just don't normally, you, you can't normally do that as a regular person. He also one time was fighting the aforementioned Buster Rhymes in the world famous Halloween resurrection movie. And Buster Rhymes started attacking him. He was kind of coming after him and he casually caught Buster Rhymes attack threw him across what I believe was like an entire workshop or garage area. Buster Rhymes is a big fellow, and with one hand, he threw him with force across a room. So if he gets a hand on the Predator, he has the ability to do some real, real damage. In fact, one time, he pierced a man's skull with his finger. He was so strong, he took his finger and shoved it into the man's forehead and threw into his brain. This is a strong human being. You try to put a door in front of him? You try to put a door in front of Michael Myers? No, he's just going to smash it down or walk through it or heck, walk through the wall next to the door at the <laughs> just because he feels like it. But the other thing I want you to know is he's not just a mindless killer. He uses psychology. At one point, he has played dead 
to make his enemy, his victim, if you will, think that they didn't have anything to worry about. He lay there dead until the time when he wasn't. He stood up, he murdered him, he took him out, killed him. Another time, Lori, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, Lori Strode, I believe, he lured her in with psychology by pretending to be a different random person because he knew that Lori was afraid to kill an innocent person. She only wanted to kill him. So for a brief moment, he got her to let her guard down by pretending to be somebody else. This is a smart guy. He's a savage killer. He's not a brainless psychopath. And that's my point number one. Okay, interesting. So you're saying his main method of killing is stabbing, but he's not limited to just stabbing. Oh, he's no. Not like a, he's not like Stabber McGee, so to speak. He'll actually I mean, use other things to do it. He is, but he will also snap necks with bare hands, you know, tear people apart. He'll use he'll use blunt objects. I mean, he, he doesn't care. As long as he's murdering people, he's having a good day. Got it. You know, quick question. How tall and how much how tall is Michael Myers? How much does he weigh? As far as how much he weighs, that's a really good question. He is a larger guy. Now, yeah. I know the Predator is seven feet tall, so I would say he's not as big as the Predator, but I would make a strong case that he's as strong as the Predator. Really? We'll see. Okay, that's interesting. Now, are you also comparing Facebook to the Predator's killing technology? Speaking of like, yes, you know, I am. got I, it. That's I, I that's would fair. argue that the Predator's killing technology has killed less people. I said it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. When you put Facebook and Instagram together against the entire like predator race, yeah, they the predators don't stand a chance. That's fair. Last question. How much training does Michael Myers have, if any? Is he a natural born killer, so to speak? Or has he had some type of killing instruction or martial arts instruction? What's the deal here? I'm not sure because there's a big period of time where he's in that mental institution. He's in the sanatorium and you don't know what kind of other people he was around that whole time. You sort sure. of just meet the after effects. He yeah. doesn't seem to show martial arts training if that's what you're getting at, but I wouldn't call him necessarily the least sophisticated fighter I've seen because I've seen Superman fight. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely know that Like when I need to brush up on my fighting techniques, I go to the insane asylum. For instruction as you and be honest, but it's probably a good good place to get it done. It's uh you know, you learn some good techniques. No holds barred, right? It's a good thing. All right. Interesting. All those points are fantastic. Let me get to my point number one about the predator. Let's just talk about the physicality of this creature. Now, this is not just a giant sized human. Oh no, this person has way this creature has way more proportional strength at his size than than you know a human being of the like you take Andre the Giant. As an example, the Predator is bigger, a little bit taller, but also way more powerful, way more agile, way more durable. So let's talk about this. So you said it, the Predator is about seven feet tall, weighs at least 520 pounds. That's the average Predator that we're talking about. A Predator, by the way, has a super long lifespan. One can actually live for centuries, sometimes well over a thousand years. It's kind of interesting. Let's see, in terms of strength, a Predator can overpower eight men super easily. They can break through super thick steel doors. They can take a man and literally throw them dozens of yards through the air. It's kind of crazy. They can lift a huge gate weighing a few tons. They can tear apart a helicopter and smash it to pieces. No problem. One favorite part, uh, one issue of the Dark Horse comic book series, Buffalo was storming. They was out in the plains, was like was about to run down a predator. A predator stuck its hands out, stopped it. A rampaging buffalo that weighs well over 2,200 pounds, picked it up and like slammed it super easily over its shoulders. Super strength of bounds. In terms of durability, let's see. Oh, and by the way, a predator can easily rip someone's spine and skull out of their body and then, you know, shows it as a, as a trophy. 
Because, you know, who hasn't done that a few times? In terms of durability, a, a Predator can tank a large explosion, keep on fighting. They can tank a grenade launcher and even a cannonball shot at its chest. Last time we saw that, it was Homer Simpson that took it there. Kind of crazy durability. Let's see, they can take being shot dozens of times. One favorite thing, they actually survived an airstrike from a fighter jet and got up and kept on fighting. In terms of speed, they can actually run and keep up with a speeding car. That is crazy. A speeding car is at least going 60 miles per hour, probably faster. Let's say it's 60, 520 pounds moving at 60 miles per hour. That's crazy. For agility, we saw it in a bunch of the movies, also for the comic books. A predator can outdo Tarzan. A predator actually enjoys being outside, jumping rooftop, rooftop. It can jump three times its height up straight up in the air. It can jump dozens of meters far. This thing has super strength through its legs. And on top of that, it's got a super high pain tolerance. Plus a desire to never give up. You literally have to kill a predator to stop it. We've seen that a million times. But you see, there's more. This is why I was asking about Michael Myers. Predators are trained in combat from a really young age. And even without weapons, they know how to kill pretty much anything, as well as how to fight like a master martial artist slash like gladiator, for lack of a better term. How much combat training does Michael Myers have? Again, I'd say little to none. Not that he's not very capable, but this is more instinctive, bloodlust type of training uh, or fighting versus a master interplanetary, giant-sized, super-strong gladiator. In one fairly gruesome comic book, an unarmed predator easily takes out a dozen super-trained soldiers, all wore, uh, wearing this like futuristic armor with weapons, and the predator just knew how to kind of move itself, take out 12 of them, and turn their own weapons together. I mean, just a master, master fighter. Look, by the way, the predators are also trained in stealth. It's not just their technologies for stealth. They know how to move. It's like a giant ninja. They know how to move very silently. They are super fast, super capable, sneaking up on opponents, something they love doing all the time. Look, Michael Myers is big. He's strong. He's psychotic, violent, very tough individual, but he's nothing compared to literally a super strong, super fast, super durable, interplanetary fighter, killer, gladiator. I don't know how else to explain it. All of that put together, that's what Michael Myers is facing in a predator. That's my point number one. You know, James, you, you make some good points there. And, and what's weird about some of the points you made is I could have sworn for a sec you were just talking about Michael Myers. Oh, he threw a guy all the way across the room. He smashed through doors. He's super durable. You've been shot many times. These are all things that Michael Myers has also done. So when you make a lot of these points about the Predator... All I can think is, yes, James, I do think they have the same strength. I do think they are very, very similar styles of character, despite how wildly different they are. I would say the Predator in the comic books, the movies, every piece of media, the one thing that I've seen is, ultimately, at the end of the day, the Predator gets killed and has to be replaced by a whole different predator or a bunch of other predators come on down to take the body away. At the end of most of predator stories, the predator is defeated. Now, Michael Myers, at the end of his stories, is often killed at the end of Halloween 1, sure, except for the fact that he isn't defeated at all, Halloween 2 picks up immediately following the events of Halloween 1. So even when you think you've got him beat, you don't. Got it. So Michael Myers breaks through a wooden door. A predator breaks through a like several foot thick steel door. And you say that's the same thing. Michael Myers knocks someone across the room. A predator grabs someone and tosses them dozens of yards outside, like in the air through the ground. Not quite the same strength comparison. By the way, good thing the predator I'm talking about didn't die at the end of his first adventure. More on that later. All right, Judd, you've heard points one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far in this matchup? 
Well, it's interesting because uh, the first point that Ray made was, you know, here's 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 uh, Michael Myers' weaponry. He loves knives. He'll do he'll 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 use anything. He'll use a hammer or whatever. And unlike the internet, you know, that breaks. Knives break. Hammers break. Mm. Wood breaks. Weapons break. It, it happens all the time. And if I'm not mistaken, there have been quite a few times in the Michael Myers movies and comics and, and things like that where knives have broken. Mm. So it, I, I, I have to say it's not a great – his weapon isn't like a perfect weapon. So uh, as far as Predator is concerned, you made a point about a thousand years. She said, you know, I live about a thousand years. I'm not so sure that's a good argument because we don't know about Michael Myers. As far as we know, he never dies or he dies and he comes back to life. Could be 2,000 years for all we know. We don't really know what the answer to that is. So it's sort of not a, a, a big matchup. One is agile. One is not. The thing that really got me, because you were talking about Michael Myers having uh, playing, playing dead, you know, and having the, the sort of capacity to, to, you know, sort of trick people. And then we have a predator who has a cloaking device who it tricks people into, you know, believing he's not even there. So there is an equal, some, somewhat of an equal mashup there. The thing that gets me is Ray said he's superhuman. He talked about, oh, I've seen Superman fight. He's superhuman. Michael Myers is superhuman. The Predator is super alien, which to me, I, I got to lean more towards, towards that mm. being a, an important factor. He's got a lot of, of, of stuff to work with. He's got all of outer space to work with. He's got all kinds of weaponry. He's got all kinds of training. He's got all he is a super he's not just an alien. He's a super alien. So I I'm in the first round, I'm I'm leaning towards a predator. Interesting. Interesting. This is why we like having you on the show, Judd, because you kind of bring a different perspective to what we're really thinking. Ray, I think you're you're kind of Shocked a little bit by this as much as I am because I didn't even see these approaches. All right. I'm a little bit ahead, but as, as, as I've often said, that means nothing, unfortunately, for the whole battle. So Not after point number one. It never does. Never does. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Michael Myers. Let's just talk about the fact that he can't be stopped. We've seen the Predator get stopped on numerous occasions in numerous different ways. In fact, I would argue the Predator is so reliant on his technology for the most part, especially when he opens a battle against a relatively unknown enemy, as would be the case because this is a who would win battle. I believe that he starts relying on his technology and not necessarily on his training, which allows a lot of people to get over on the Predator, especially early on in a fight. Look, Arnold Schwarzenegger figured out that it was infrared pretty quick and he rubbed mud all over his body and the Predator wasn't ready to adapt to that until he got his butt handed to him a couple of times. That's the point. The Predator is a little arrogant. The Predator is a little proud. The Predator is there to earn a trophy to gain honor among his people. Michael Myers is there to kill. And we've again, we've seen the Predator stopped. Michael Myers doesn't really get stopped. He got shot six times in the first movie. He fell out a second story window. Donald Pleasance looks down at his body, sees it's there and goes, oh, the movie's over. Oh, we survived it. Thank God. Looks back over and he was gone. And since we know Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 are the same night, in Halloween 2, 
Donald Pleasance shot him six times in the chest again. He was shot 12 times in, over the course of a few hours and walked away and was fine. He didn't get bothered. In fact, he's taken more damage in these movies than maybe any other horror killer that we've ever seen. He got stabbed in the neck. He got stabbed in the eye. He got shot at one point in both of his eyes, and it did not matter. One time he drowned a character named Karen, just got to say it, in scalding hot water and didn't register any pain whatsoever. We've heard the Predator cry out in pain before. Have we ever heard Michael Myers? No. If it bleeds, Michael Myers can kill it. He's tanked a crowbar to the head. He's been hit by a police car. He's been hit by like five other vehicles. No problem. Electrocuted? No problem. He took a chainsaw to the chest. No problem. Golf club, fire axe. He got hit by a shovel and the shovel just broke. Broke on Michael Myers from somebody trying to hit him. He got shot four times with tranquilizer darts that would have put down any normal living creature, and he was unfazed by it. In one crazy moment, a guy injected him with a whole bunch of syringes all roped together filled with corrosive acid. He stuck it, I believe, in his shoulder or neck area, plunged it all in so he had acid running through the inside of his body, and he took that guy out. And then he was staggered slightly, because who wouldn't be? And a lady started beating on him with a lead pipe. And he then turned around and defeated her, and it didn't matter. At one point, an entire militia, an entire group of people with all sorts of shotguns, rifles, pistols, everything, opened fire on him and in a graveyard, and they just drilled him. And he's just got bullets flying. It was like the end of a Sam Peckinpah movie. And what happened? Michael Myers fell backwards down a mine shaft and was able to keep going afterwards. Look, the Predator is amazing. Don't get me wrong. One of my favorite Muppets out there in the universe. But that being said, what can he possibly do to Michael Myers to put him down that hasn't been tried already? And that's my point number two. Okay, I have so many problems with what you've just said there. First of all, you did you just say the Predator is one of your favorite Muppets? Of all time. I mean, from the Jim Henson Creature Workshop, James, I don't know why you're ashamed of that. No, I'm not ashamed. You're just horribly wrong. Clearly, he wouldn't be a Muppet. He would be on Sesame Street. He would find, you know, that he has a lot in common with, like, Big Bird, Snuffleupagus, you know, that big, huge dog. There's a lot of huge creatures that are very deadly on Sesame Street versus what's existing in the Muppets. I'm just telling you, it just seems like a, a closer thing. I mean, they are what I argue for them. <laughs> That's true. All right. Now, you said Michael Myers has never really been stopped. I remember the 19, I think it was the 1989 Halloween film where Michael Myers was stopped. He was actually lured into a trap. And I think one of the doctors, this guy who played a doctor, he actually had a big jacket on too. So he couldn't even move that well. It was the 80s, by the way. Hmm. Lured him into a trap, dropped this chain net on him that dropped him to the ground. He kind of got up, which was cool. And that's when he shot him with about four or five, six tranquilizer darts. He fell down, was still kind of staggering. And then the doctor took a plank of wood and smashed him over the head with it a few times, took him completely out, and then he was captured at the end of that movie. Does that kind of count as being stopped? Uh, I suppose so. But at the end of the day, did it really stop him? Because as you said, it was just the end of that movie. The next movie picked up with him killing again. True, but according to Who Would Win Rules, it only has to happen for, you know, you only got to subdue your opponent for two minutes, and there was what, about at least a year between films. So, you know, just putting that out there. All right, look, I can't deny that Michael Myers isn't, 
insanely durable. He's psychopathic to the nth degree, you know, not feeling pain or at least not allowing pain to register. I think that's part of the character's, you know, description as well. So it's all good. But you got to remember what the Predator is coming to the table with is a whole set of tools and techniques that Michael Myers just hasn't seen, at least hasn't seen yet. There's a new Halloween movie coming out. Maybe the Predator makes an appearance. Who knows? That sounds really cool. So let me get... That'd, That'd be amazing, be amazing. Right? Let me get to my point number two. Let's talk about the Predator's tech. Okay, so of course you've got the Predator helmet. It's insanely durable. The gunfire explosions and blunt force trauma. Try stabbing through that with a knife. Nothing's going to ham it. By the way, the helmet can see infrared in a whole bunch of different ways as well. So Michael Myers kind of sneaking up on the Predator. Going to be super hard to do. All right, now speaking of stealth, the Predator, like I said, he has that cloaking technology that makes him virtually undetectable. Sneaking up on, on, on its prey, the Predator's prey, is not a problem. In fact, that's a typical tactic of a predator because he's so quiet or it's so quiet. It can sneak up on its prey without it noticing. And he actually, sometimes the, the prey actually bumps into the predator, not even realizing it's there. So in terms of weaponry, the predator has a lot of great stuff. He's got that smart throwing disc. It's kind of like Xena's throwing thing that she throws, except it's super sharp and it's smart in that it knows to come right back to him like Thor's hammer Mjolnir. It is crazy. It can cut through almost anything. Uh, thrown like a boomerang. It can cut through steel reinforced walls and even ship bulkheads. This thing is insanely powerful. He has that plasma caster, which is that weapon that sits on his shoulder that follows the line of sight wherever the helmet's looking. And that plasma caster can blast through thick tree trunks. It can incinerate people, blow holes through them easily. It can blow up a helicopter in one shot, create huge explosions if he wanted to. He can create a uh, proximity explosion so you can take out an entire area in case he doesn't want to take out one person at a time. He's got this cool combi stick looking spear. It's just a super powerful and durable spear. He can throw it through things. In one cool comic book, he actually was hunting these people down. One of them stood in front of a tree in fear. The other one was behind him. It was a super huge tree. So the predator took that combi stick, threw it through the first person, impaled it through the tree, and took out the other person who was hiding on the other side of it. Two kills, one shot. It was awesome. The predator has traps, by the way. He's got this proximity activated trap that when a person comes near it, it kind of folds up like a human sized bear trap that has all these crazy long spikes that impale the human all throughout its body. That thing is insane. He's got electrified bolas that ensnare and electrate his prey. He's got a noose because I don't know why not. He's got super powerful throwing stars, powerful darts or mini arrows that are shot through his like wrist gauntlet. And my absolute favorite weapon is that net gun which traps its target and then contracts and tightens around it with super sharp razor-like cords that start cutting into the person. Again, Michael Myers has already been trapped, as I mentioned before, and that completely took him out and incapacitated him. That net thing has done that to large creatures, large human beings, the whole thing. Taking out Michael Myers with that isn't, isn't going to be a problem. If that was enough, he's got that super advanced medical kit that we saw in the second Predator movie. He's also got in the comic book series. So he can take that out on the spot, literally patch himself up. It's not going to heal him instantly. But remember, the predator doesn't care about healing. He loves scars. He just wants to be able to keep on going. So in case something happens, which it won't, he'll take out his med kit, patch himself up, and just howl at the moon, and then just keep on going. Look, the crazy thing about all of this, Ray, is that the predator has had literally a lifetime, a predator lifetime, which at least is a couple of hundred years of training and all this since they were like a young predator kid in training how to use all of this stuff, hunting crazy prey, going after you know super powerful things. This is what it does. You can't tell me Michael Myers is ready for all of this. Put that all together, and that's my point number two. 
Interesting. I knew you were going to bring the tech in at one point because, well, frankly, I would. And I would push back on a little bit of what you said, a little bit of what Judd said uh, after point number one, because if a gun or a, a plasma gun shuts down or jams or doesn't work, it doesn't really have a function. But if a knife breaks off, it's still a sharp object you can stab people with. So I believe that not all weapons are as utilitarian as other ones are. Now, it has been argued that Michael Myers is cold-blooded. Now, if he is a cold-blooded character, does he show up at infrared? Oh, I would argue no. <laughs> also, I'm so happy for the Predator to have all these like spinning discs and nets and all these little laser blasters. I'm glad he needs all these things to take down, apparently, children who are running away from him and hiding behind trees. Great job predator see the predator fights people who aren't ready to fight him he fights people who are scared of him and he fights people when he has every advantage going in those are three advantages he will not have against michael myers in a who would win battle in fact you've seen when you turn around and you hit a predator and you get in his face and you start coming after him he tends to run away he tends to get out of there because Predator doesn't like fair fights at all. And you're talking about a med kit, because I'm glad, James, you're already bringing up the notion that Michael Myers is going to get him because you already said he's going to need a med kit at some point. But if Michael Myers gets his tendrils into him, he ain't going to have time for a med kit. Okay, interesting. So first of all, thanks for reminding me. The uh, the Predator also has that dual-bladed dual Wolverine-looking thing of uh, the double blades, double kind of mini swords that pop out of its wrist gauntlets as well expert using that they can churn directions what have you he loves impaling people with those uh and there's two of them by the way and as far as you know going after kids you gotta remember the predator has a strict code the predator doesn't go after kids it doesn't go after women that are pregnant it only and in fact it won't even go after an older fighter right or an older warrior it wants to go over uh, after things that are in its prime that are super powerful that have shown that it could actually destroy other things, so it's worthy of its attention. Who are hiding behind a tree to try to escape him? At, at the right, it would, most people would run away if they saw the predator. Really, attacking people at the peak of their powers there. Right, and also to push back, the predator's code is that he loves to stick around and fight. That's what a predator does. In fact, a predator running away goes against that moral code of the predator that it's had ingrained for generations. All right, now we're at the turning point. Judd, you've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. Tell us, who do you think is ahead in this battle, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Okay, first of all, I want to sort of clear something up here, because you said rule. I'm big on your rules. Mm -hmm. Opinions, everybody has opinions. Who cares? This is about a fight. We're having a fight here, and it is on the field of battle right now. Mm -hmm. So you said two minutes, that if somebody can be defeated... For, for two minutes. Is that the rule? Two minutes? If the person can be incapacitated. So in other words, right, for two minutes. So there's no threat being present. The person can literally just stand over their opponent for two minutes. Nothing can happen because they killed them, battlefield removal them, or subdued them. Right. They've won the match. Okay. Now, obviously, I love Michael Myers. And I'm, I'm a, you know, I've been a big fan of those movies for a long time. A couple things that were said. One is, Ray, you said fair fight. Nobody said this had to be a fair fight. That's, 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 you know, just like the last time that I was with you guys. It's not about fair. It's about winning. So you do whatever you have to do to win. It has to be said, talking about, you know, the weapons, Michael Myers is bringing a knife to a gunfight. It is true. I mean, that's not, I'm not saying like, hey, I'm making a decision one way or another. But 
Predator. The Predator from the Dark Horse comics, because that's the one we're talking about. In the Dark Horse comics, a lot was made of Predators fighting without armor. There was a lot of times in the comics where they were not in that armor. They were living their life. They were training. They were, you know, you put on the armor when you hunt, when you go out to hunt. So it has to be said, it's not just, I'm not just relying on weaponry. I'm thinking about, you know, the actual person or alien itself. Stealth doesn't work for me with uh, Predator because Michael Myers, one of his powers is that he shows up where you are. You don't know how the hell he got there. You don't know how he knew you were there. You don't know. I mean, you, you, you went across the country. The guy shows up. One of his powers is stealth. So there is something there where it sort of equals, equals each other out. A med kit doesn't mean anything when someone is invulnerable. It's they're healing themselves. Med kit. You're, you're there to, you know, so Michael Myers doesn't need a med kit. <laughs> that's, that's just not something that, that has to happen. So I, I actually was sort of thinking, hey, Michael Myers is actually just this invulnerable character that you we, we don't know that he can regenerate. We just know that he's invulnerable, right? The thing that leans me more towards Predator again is, and this is where you started, Ray, and you, that this is what sort of you know, drove off the tracks a little bit for me. The first thing you talked about was Michael Myers not being defeated by Donald Pleasance. And that is not something to brag about. <laughs> Donald Pleasance shot him and he didn't die. Donald Pleasance. And then it started me thinking about who Michael Myers fights. It's not about fighting super-powered aliens. The tar- Dark Horse comics, Predators are about fighting some serious, you know, super-powered individuals. Michael Myers kills people who are weak. He has been training for his life to kill. That's what he does best. But really, I think that to me, where you are now at this turning point, Predator is still ahead. Mm, No problem. Again, you know, Jen, I got to tell you, we've been at this point where I've been slightly ahead. I don't know how many times and Ray has still pulled out the victory. So this does not give me any reassurance whatsoever. But I love your points. I'm not saying I'll be addressing all of those further in my point number three. Actually, that's exactly what I'll be doing. But with all that being said, Ray, go ahead. Let's see what you got. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Michael Myers. Now, a couple things you just said, Judd, I want to talk about. He kills a lot of security, a lot of police officers. I think he kills at least one police officer every single movie that I've ever seen him in and often gets shot by them or or bludgeoned or something along the way. And you talk about, oh, you know, he didn't get beat by Donald Pleasance. Well... Predator got beat by Danny Glover, and I love me some Danny Glover, don't get me wrong, but let's keep it real. In fact, he didn't just get get beat by Danny Glover. In the famed Dark Horse comic book, Batman versus Predator, who's the person who took out the Predator by sneaking up behind him and hitting him with a baseball bat? Yes, Predator lost to Alfred the Butler. 
If you lose to Alfred the Butler, I think you have a very reasonable chance of losing to Mike Myers, who is also going to sneak behind you. Because one thing you talked about, superhuman versus super alien, not a thing I was considering. Very interesting point I've been spinning around in my head since you said it. Well, the Predator is fighting in, generally speaking, an Earth physics world. He's, generally speaking, fighting in a place where physics exist. Michael Myers is existing in a slasher horror world where the sense of physics do not necessarily hold up. You would could call it Toon Force in its own way because... Michael Myers has done some extraordinary things that physically cannot be done to what you said. Talking about the stealth. He's able to disappear from plain sight. People are staring right at him. They turn slightly. They blink. They check the bullets in their gun. He is gone when they look. There's nowhere he could have gone. He disappears in plain sight. And where does he tend to appear? To, like you said, Judd, right behind the person when they least expect it. So the Predator can have all his fancy gadgets. But when Michael Myers can use his own form of supernatural energy and disappear from plain sight, reappear right behind the Predator and get to stabbing the same way Alfred did with a baseball bat, but much, much meaner. He can take out the Predator. In fact, there's a thing he has. It's been referred to as slasher portation. It's a special power used by characters like Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and others, which essentially allows them to traverse great, great swaths of land instantly. And without being seen doing it, these characters can slash a report all over the place and often end up right next to the person they're trying to fight, right next to the person they're trying to kill, and often can get a shot in before the person can even have a chance to react to it. And what shots they are. Michael Myers doesn't mess around when he has a chance to get you. Everything he tends to do ends up as a kill shot. <laughs> Everything from stabbing somebody and then lifting them up in the air or, or jamming something through them and sticking them to a wall or reaching out with one hand and crushing their skull. If he has the chance to kill, Michael Myers will kill. We've seen the Predator play around a little bit more than I think you should be comfortable with. He also loves to use tactics. He also likes to use sneakiness. You know, one of the moves that he did in the Halloween H2O movie is he knew that he was in a little bit of trouble. So he would crush the throat of a paramedic, changed his clothes into his own, and then sent the paramedic out at Lori, who then decapitated him with an ax, thinking it was Michael Myers. Michael dressed as a paramedic, walked away safely from that encounter to come back for the sequel. Because even when you think you killed Michael Myers, how do you even know it's Michael Myers? What's to stop him from throwing that mask on a stranger, throwing him in front of the Predator? Predator thinks he's won. Michael Myers slash reports right behind him. Stabby, stabby. Because if Alfred can beat you with the baseball bat from behind, I guarantee Michael Myers could beat you with a big old kitchen knife from behind as well. He's not playing fair, Judd. He's not playing with the same set of rules. And that's my point number three. Wow. You know, last episode we talked about, you know, whether or not we should have a fact checker in for these episodes in case one of us kind of, you know, exaggerates something or leaves out certain details. Thankfully, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I know. This would have been that con that time to have that fact checker. I'll go into the whole Batman uh, Predator connection then, you know, with the Dark Horse comics as well. But, you know, first of all, 
don't ever put down Alfred. Alfred's a special forces dude who can do stuff. But that was at the end of the second battle between Batman and the Predator, where Predator was already kind of beat up severely by Batman. Allegedly. But I'll get into more of that as well. A few questions. First of all, uh, how dare you, sir, put down and make fun of the national treasure, the icon known as Danny Glover? I love me some Danny I, Glover. I don't know don't if you get do. me wrong. I don't know if you do. I'll just say that if you're going to poo-poo Donald Pleasance, you got to put Danny Glover on a similar platform. Both here's are the, Actually, here's a really cool fact. So you know how the Predators have those uh, the long strands of hair? People say they look like dreadlocks. They're actually appendages. Yeah, something to grab onto here's if you're thing. Michael Myers. The longer they are, keep, this is actually a fun fact, the longer they are, the more accomplished the Predator is. For some reason, they equate it to that. The Predator in that movie, Predator 2, that fought Danny Glover, had very short, whatever, that kind of hair-like thing. That was a young Predator. It's actually a really cool movie fact. It was a young Predator who had training, but was on one of their first hunts to kind of start gaining some points against humans. That's why he went to his city as opposed to a jungle and what have you. So he he, he got a win. So th- what you're saying, James, yes. is Predators are known to bite off more than they can chew. Predators are up for the challenge, and they don't go after weaker prey. Unlike some people, I know oh, Michael Myers, Slash Reportation, love that name, by the way. When Michael Myers was trapped in that chain, that, that net, when Michael Myers was being electrocuted by the superheroic uh, Buster Rhymes, did he use Slash Reportation at those points? Point number three, this you're going to love. All of this together, Jed, you already kind of mentioned this. Let's talk about the opponents that Michael Myers has had to fight. These really strong, super powerful, supernatural opponents. Oh, that's right. None of those things actually apply to his opponents. Let's see. There was Freddie Harris played by Buster Rhymes. Now he is kind of awesome. The whole thing. He was filming a reality show about the supernatural and he used a combination of martial arts and smart tactics to electrocute Michael Myers. That was one of the ways Michael Myers lost. Dr. Loomis shot him a few times when he fell out of a window and then disappeared. By the way, before he fell out of the window, Michael Myers was actually entangled in a fight with a uh, young woman who was actually grabbing onto him, pulling him, pushing him, and he was trying to fight her off, and then he got shot. Where's that super strength at that point? Let's see, that same doctor I mentioned before lured him into this room, trapped him with that large kind of metal chain link kind of net, and then pumped him filled with a tranquilizer darts, and then knocked him out with a piece of wood. Got it. Of course, the most powerful opponent that Michael Myers has ever taken on, and we can't discount this, of course, we're talking about Laurie Strode, played by the iconic Jamie Lee Curtis. And again, all kidding aside, I don't even want to think about how powerful Jamie Lee Curtis can be in this role, especially if she had just eaten and was filled with Activia yogurt. I mean, that could just be an explosive situation. No one wants to take her on at that point. Now, let's just compare that to the Predator, shall we? So from Dark Horse Comics, the Predator's taken on special forces people, crazy powerful people, has wins over a xenomorph. A few of them took on a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's kind of crazy. They've killed legitimate superhumans. Now, one comic book, they have a panel where you see the trophy wall of the Predator. And on that wall are all these skulls that have the trappings of superhero and supervillain uniforms. You see something that looks like Cyclops, Magneto, Wolverine, and even Batman. Now, I'm not saying these are actually those characters, but it's very clear these are superheroes or supervillains, super powerful characters that that Predator has taken out and now has their heads with part of their costume on that trophy wall in the Dark Horse comic book universe. Now, speaking of Batman, Ray, you got to tell the whole story about Batman versus Predator, the first interaction. Now, this is the thing. The Predator that I'm referring to actually beat Batman in a one-on-one encounter and not in a neutral location. This was in Gotham City, which gave hopefully Batman home field advantage. Now, of course, this didn't work out well for Batman. One-on-one encounter, Batman tried to take him out, dumped a ton of stuff on him, like metal and what have you, in a construction site. Just like, you know, Michael Myers got trapped by that metal net. And guess what? Didn't stop the Predator at all. He got up, 
started stabbing Batman with different things. Batman narrowly escaped in the Batmobile and took off, but left. That was a definite win for the Predator. Now, of course, this is a three comic book story arc. So in issue number two and then number three, Batman recovers, gets prep time, and you give Batman prep time. He's taking down whoever he wants to take out. That's when he takes out that Predator who comes back, you know, and they have their battle at the Batcave uh, at Wayne Manor. And as the Predator's already kind of screwed up and beaten up badly by a prepared Batman, that's where Alfred comes in and gives him that shot with a baseball bat. Nice try, race to Canis. Look, here's the deal. Michael Myers takes out and goes after in very cool, specifically scary ways, very sinister ways, people who are unsuspecting, people who don't necessarily have a lot of weapons at them. When he gets shot at by a bunch of people, what happens? Typically, he takes off, he escapes to come back and fight another day. At best, Michael Myers is escaping from the Predator in the first encounter, maybe coming back, maybe not. At worst, the Predator is going to have a new trophy. Look, if Michael Myers can be cut, <laughs> the Predator can cut like no one's business. He can be stabbed, he can be cut. We think an arm can be ripped off, a head can be ripped off. Look, if you think someone's... Michael Myers reminds me of someone from Highlander, right? Where they might be able to heal from things, but if you take off their head, they're done. I guarantee you do that with Michael Myers, he's done as well. Put all of that together, and this is why the Predator beats Michael Myers. That's my point number three. You're making some bold claims there, James. One weird thing about you repping your version of the Predator, it just seems like you've taken an amalgam of every single Predator character who's ever appeared in comics and just said, that's the guy. As opposed to actually picking a specific Predator, it sounds like you've just decided that the feats from every Predator who's ever existed is just your guy. Judd, I know you can see through that level of malarkey. I know that you are smarter than that. I give you all the credit in the world. A couple things to talk about. You say, oh, you know, Michael Myers never fought anybody. Well, in one of the later Halloween movies, he fought a guy named Paul Rudd. He fought Ant-Man in a movie... So don't sit here and tell me that he's never fought anybody. He's fought an Avenger before in one of his movies. So, oh, please. And if Predator is close enough to cut, like you're so insistent that he's going to do, if he's close enough to cut Michael Myers, that means Michael Myers is close enough to cut the Predator too. And that it's too late for the Predator. Because if Michael Myers gets within six inches of the Predator, this is over. This is completely over because the Predator at close range like that is not going to be strong enough. He's not going to have the firepower ready to go because he's not going to have the range. And Michael Myers is going to destroy him because at the end of the day, Michael Myers is a character in a slasher movie who sometimes has to eat some poop. I'll say it. <laughs> slasher characters eat poop in their own movies. It's what happens in these movies. But... Unlike a lot of these other characters, Michael Myers picks up in the next movie immediately where the last one came off and is able to keep going. When the Predator goes down, he's done. He doesn't come back again, even though James pretends every Predator is somehow this Predator. And in my mind, should be punished for that esteemed judge. All right, Judge, you've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. Now it's time for you to give us your decision. Take us through your process, tell us a story, if you will, and tell us who wins this battle between Michael Myers and the Predator. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, I, I really think, first of all, that the next who would win should be Donald Pleasance versus Danny Glover. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> I love that idea. I don't know yeah. if the internet wow. can handle it. That's breaking the internet for <laughs> sure. The internet. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, I really am trying so hard to stick to the the visual of it's a fight on a lawn. Like I'm 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 trying to keep it like localized because there's so much information. There's so much talk about outer space. There's so much talk about really. This is these two things are fighting each other on a lawn in front of a house. Like that's how I'm, I'm thinking of it. I do think it it it, it Ray was tr- was telling the truth about like you can't stick to comics, but then reference Predator Two. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you, you comics the the comics were one thing, the movie was another. I I here's what I feel. I feel that it'd be a hell of a fight, and I'm trying to think of it as okay. What what if they were close? What if they were it's it's they're close in together. It's it's you know it's hand to hand, right? I see the predator being hurt very badly, but I also see the predator having the ability to take his head off. I'm not saying that would kill him. Michael Myers cannot die, but that would certainly incapacitate him for two minutes. I have I have to believe that. Two minutes isn't a long time. There's there's no running away, like. You know, Michael Myers isn't running. Predator isn't running. Here, here was here were the two things that that really stuck with me the whole time. One is Ray kept making the point that Michael Myers was shot by a, a bullet, was shot by five bullets, was down and then got up, was down and they looked and he was gone. What that means is, if Michael Myers can be shot by a gun, Michael Myers can be shot by a laser. Michael Myers can be shot by something much more powerful. And I'm not saying it would kill him. I don't believe it would. But two minutes is all we're looking at. We're just looking at two minutes. Get him down on the ground and get to his head is, is all the Predators is all about. So that's one thing. And the other thing is this. Both of these characters are all about fear and intimidation. That's what they live for. Make their prey afraid. Michael Myers is all about that. Like that's the, he lives on, he feeds, he feeds on the, on the fear. And that's, you know, what, it, what it's all about. Michael Myers is about killing. Predator is about hunting and capturing and winning and being victorious. There's just a lot more to it. There's a lot of depth to it. And I think in just a one-on, on a one-on-one fight, I, I, I got to say, I think I, I would lean towards the Predator in a long-term capacity. Meaning, hey, I can wait for, forever. Michael Myers wins because he will he will never go away. He'll be there when you get back to your planet. How did you get here? <laughs> you know, you, like he just keeps showing up. Michael Myers is a long-term villain. That's what he is. That's why he's gone for so long. So many movies, so many books, so many comics, because he just keeps going. Whereas Predator, it's about a hunt. What's the hunt today? And I think in a today fight, one-on-one, on a lawn, in front of a house, Predator wins. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Couldn't have been explained any better. I love the use of the psychology. I never even thought about that. Both of these characters absolutely use intimidation michael myers is a master but what happens when you try to intimidate a predator who's super hard to intimidate because they've already gone against up against crazy opponents already 
I love the psychology. Love how you just laid everything out. I got to tell you, I agree with this decision 100%. Ray, where's your head at right now? Well, I do not agree with this decision 100%. You, <laughs> you postulated, Judd, how two people could be within six inches of each other. You said, oh, Predator's going to get messed up real bad. Well, then that means Michael Myers should win the battle. What are you even talking about right now? Predator, if he gets hurt, if he bleeds, he goes down. He disappears. He's going to get murdered because Michael Myers isn't going to let him get away. Michael Myers is going to let him regroup. If Michael Myers does exactly what you said he would do in this context, Michael Myers would win this battle. Judd, what is happening right now? Is the world gone crazy? Am I the only one making sense? Is this why the last man, but with me and common sense, I don't know anymore. I really liked how you brought in Ant-Man, by the way, Ray. That was that was <laughs> special. By the way, a quick question for you, Judd. If this was the Predator versus Jason from Friday the 13th, how would you see this battle going? I think there's a, there's a lot of similarities there. I, I, I mean, I really feel like, you know, they're, they're char- characters who are cut from the same cloth, so to speak. Um, so I, I probably would, would see them as the same, it's the same so, sort of battle. However, I don't know for sure. I would have to have a who would win with you guys doing your deep dive and convince me. I got to tell you, if, if we did Jason versus Predator and I had Predator, I'd be very worried because Ray would bring in Ray. You know who I'm thinking about. Who would you bring into that battle? Well, in a certain movie called Jason X in of space, <laughs> there's Uber Jason who's filled right. with the, the nanites. Yes. And he's not losing to the Predator. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's never going to happen. Predator never will be running happen. for his life. That's Absolutely. why, that's yeah. why James yeah. wanted Michael Myers and not Jason in this battle. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I sure did. I really wanted Michael Myers where the Who Would Win production team. I hear this. We need Michael Myers to have a real opponent. That was a travesty against Scooby-Doo. Give him someone for real. How about the Predator? Okay, Ray, that sounds great. Anyway, just saying. We gave Ray exactly what he wanted, possibly not the right outcome, but whatever, Ray, great suggestion for a matchup. All right, Judd, fantastic job again as a judge. Thank you for coming on. Please come back. Tell the Legion of audience where they can find you. (laughs) JuddMyers.com. There you go. You'll see all Uh, my social media and everything on there. And the Paperless Podcast. Find that wherever you can find your podcasts. Paperless Podcast. um, And and again, those... Those uh, feeds will be uh, on my website, but you can also get them, at, you know, get the podcast everywhere and listen, you know, listen to the stuff that they've already done. It's, it's really, really good. Just like you're judging on the Who Would Win show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm just I'm banking points for the next time you're on. All right. Ray Stacanus, well done today. You made this match way closer than I thought it ever could have been. I was really wondering if you were going to bring out Slasher Portation, something they could use actually during the battle. That would have been awesome. But, you know, maybe for next time. Uh, Tell the audience where they can find you. Well, you can find me over at Almighty Ray on Twitter. Guys, awkward allies, rainiacs out there. You saw what happened. You saw once again how a judge lays out a circumstance which clearly shows that I win. And then somehow at the end of laying out a perfect scenario using my arguments turns to the camera and says, that's why James wins. And I sit here like that guy in that scanners movie 
with the head exploding on TV <laughs> because I don't understand how logically those leaps could be made. That being said, I want to talk to you guys about something else very briefly. Mobile video game just came out that I've been working on called NFL Clash. I would love it if you're a fan of mobile gaming, of NFL football, or of just having fun in general. It's a free game. Go download it from the Google Play and uh, Apple Store and give it a shot. See if you like it. That's all I would ask. Check it out. Everyone check that out. Well done, Ray. And again, I have so much fun doing these battles. It is just ridiculous. All right. Ray, I got to tell you, this win is good. I love the Predator. But man, you have been killing it this season, and I needed this win desperately just to be back in the hunt to try to win the entire season three matchup that we've been oh, doing. Oh, I smelled the desperation. Oh, it was there. Oh, for sure. It was there. No, no joke. I pulled out the intoxicating mind fog, but at the end of the day, I knew you know Predator was going to win. Hashtag James just knows. With that being said, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. And don't forget to, to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and where else you go for your podcast. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.